Welcome to this very special episode of Need to Know Nutrition. Today, I'm going to be taking off my feature hat and instead become the interviewer. Up until this point, there's been a lot of health knowledge dished out and hopefully you have a lovely foundation of nutritional information to start or continue with your health journey. Now I want to open up the nutrition world to some professional humans. What exactly does that mean? I want to share with you an insight into how people with interesting careers use nutrition. This could be diets, meal prepping, organization or disorganization. It'll be an insight into the success, the failures, the pain and the pleasure when it comes to honest accounts of nutritional health. I also have some great interviews with professional industry leaders who share their specialties when it comes to health as well as a few useful tips to support you and your health. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tammy White, personal trainer, fitness instructor, mother of two, and professional sports and fitness model. There's also something else that's very special about Tammy. She's my big sister. Today, Tam has graciously given up her time to give you the lowdown on her sports and fitness career thus far. The incredible glitzy highs, and equally as important, the lows. Tam talks about how she got into sports modeling, some of her experience in professional competitions, as well as the sacrifices and hard work that comes with this kind of career. This is purely from Tammy's perspective and for your listening pleasure. I really hope you enjoy this special feature on Need to Know Nutrition. It's so great to have you here, Tammy. Welcome to Need to Know Nutrition. Hi, Belinda. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I've really been looking forward to this interview and I know everybody listening is going to get this amazing insight into not only the life of Tammy White, but also the life of this amazing sports and fitness model. So Tam, again, it's so great to have you here. So let's kick this interview off. You ready to rock and roll? I'm ready to do it. Okay, let's do it. All right, Tam, so when did you actually become a fitness professional or when did you start in the fitness industry? Because you've got a little bit of a background here, don't you? I do, I do. I began in the fitness industry in 2003 while I was pregnant with my second son, Connor. Um, I began with my group fitness certification and then later followed with my certificate four in personal training. So it's it's been a long time. Great. And you're working as a personal trainer now still, right? Yes, I definitely am, and I absolutely love it. Oh, good work. Now, well, when did you first become interested in fitness modeling? Well, in early 2012, I made the decision that I would compete in a fitness model competition. However, I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I saw an ad in the Oxygen magazine for a CoverGirl workshop in the Gold Coast, and I just took a whim and signed up. Oh, that sounds great. What kind of things did you do at this workshop? Basically, what I thought it was, was to learn how to become a a cover girl on a magazine. And I think ideally, that's exactly what I wanted to be. I just had no idea what what to do to get there. So when I got there, we had to go and have tans and we had to have hair and makeup done. They taught us how to walk in in high heels, which I was kind of confused about. But, you know, I I did it. I wasn't very good at it. I was was horrible, actually. Um, But they, they taught us about nutrition, which, again... I sort of, I don't know if I was ready to take it all in. I wasn't sure what I was hearing, but I I took it all in. And then we finished the workshop off with photo shoots. So we were in tiny little outfits and, you know, the hair, the makeup, the tan, all sorts of stuff. And, um, yeah, we we had amazing photos done. Um, That was kind of it. I was left very inspired but also extremely scared. 
How did this lead you into competition? When was your first competition? Actually, before we talk about that, maybe we should actually talk about what sports modeling is or sport and fitness modeling. What is it? Well, sport and fitness modeling, initially, I thought it was, you know, you you get a gig as a model wearing fitness clothes, have some photos and you're in a magazine. But it is so far from that. Basically, you go to a bodybuilding show. You, as a female, can choose one from many categories to hop up on stage, walk around in your heels in a bikini, looking your best, showing off to the judges, um, and then and getting a place or not getting a place. So that that there was was sport and fitness modelling, and and I put myself into that. Wow. Oh, I love it without even knowing what it was. That's great. Yeah. And and how did you feel? So so you, your first competition, when did you actually do your first competition? My first competition was in 2013 in Melbourne. Uh, it was with a federation that was then INBA, um, International Bodybuilding Association. And I, I think I prepped myself for maybe 10 weeks basically just dieting hard I didn't know what to diet on I just I stopped eating junk food um, bought myself a bikini and turned up at the competition on the day I had no idea about posing I didn't even know posing was a thing Uh, but I turned up on the day and strutted my stuff on stage and yeah, I've got some good photos and I looked pretty good, I think. Yeah, great. Well, I was there. I thought you looked fantastic also. Now, Tam, because this is a nutrition podcast, I thought I thought in terms of your very first competition, we might just have a chat in regards to nutrition. So can you sort of walk us through a general diet that you were on, maybe while you were training, and then perhaps when you started to cut or reduce foods in the lead up to your competition day? I guess in my first competition, I had no idea what I was doing. So basically, I just decided one day that I was going to do the comp, and then I changed my nutrition to from anything processed to basically just salads, meat, and veg. I didn't have any idea about calorie manipulation or macronutrients, so I just got all healthy and figured that that would work. I had some basic knowledge from the CoverGirl workshop, as I said earlier, in the Gold Coast, but I still feel as though I was just so unaware yet so optimistic that it would just work. So it kind of makes me laugh now because it kind of worked. However, I guess later I'll I'll talk about muscle size and such, but I still looked pretty good because I was quite fit from being a fitness instructor and teaching, you know, 14 classes plus a week. It does sound a little bit challenging, Tam. Can you tell us maybe some of the challenges that you faced during this time? It's a little while ago now, so I don't remember a lot. However, I do remember that me deciding to do this competition was a big point in the reason that my relationship at the time broke down. Uh, I remember being told by that certain person that the girl on the magazine cover that I aspired to look like looks disgusting and that you could never do that anyway. So there was a lot of pressure I'd put on myself to want to look like that cover girl but the lack of knowledge and experience showed once I was ready to hit the stage. Being located in a rural town also doesn't make things easy. I did have one friend whom had been part of the bodybuilding scene for a long, long time, and she was amazing, but I was still so young and naive. 
I did feel that I needed to make my appearance better for the competition as all of the girls in the magazines were so beautiful. I chose a pink bikini and decided to get long blonde hair extensions so I would stand out on stage. Yes. Yeah, so. and, and, and when you look back at something like that, because for people who don't know you, you um, don't have, obviously, you've got extensions, you don't have long blonde hair. Is that something that you were sort of thinking, oh, that that's what everybody um, looks like, that's what I want to aspire to look like? Or, yeah, yeah, tell me about that. Well, I, I guess for me, like at that point in time, I had quite short hair. Um, I'm, I'm not a natural blonde either, um, but blonde was, was sort of what I was going for. I do see the girls are so attractive and, and the, you know, the longer the hair, the best, better the makeup, the, the more beautiful the bikini, that they seem to, I guess, get more attention from the judges. So... It's, it sort of didn't seem to be all about the body. It's about the, the complete package. And for some of those people who don't know me, I've never been one to be overly self-confident. So I felt like I had to change who I am to make the judges pay attention to me, if that makes sense. Yes. So the Tammy, the Tammy back in 2013 is very different to the Tammy in in 2020 is that right yes very different yes yeah, so i have come long in leaps and bounds yeah that's for sure. yeah absolutely and i think that's the beautiful thing about hindsight isn't it i mean i think you have to do all of those things in life to you know like like i said sort of you know try all those things to sort of find out where you fit and who you are in this sort of scene would you agree with that absolutely i oh wow like the history that i have with the sport and fitness modeling is is crazy and just to see the changes and the transformations not only physically but mentally you know like mental health is such a big thing that that i've learned to become accustomed with and, and grow as um time has gone by so yeah it's it's been crazy yeah it, it sounds crazy now the other thing that i wanted to ask about just just sort of like switching back to the nutrition side of things Leading up to this competition, did you have to cut uh, certain foods out or, or or cut water out? Was there anything like that that was a bit crazy that you could remember? I cut almost everything processed out of my diet. So I basically lived on – I remember I remember vividly this salad that I found in, in a recipe book, and it was, it was basically lentils, uh, lettuce, uh, and one other ingredient. And I just remember making that salad every single day and just living on that for, for nearly every every day leading up to this competition. Um, I still had meals at, at night time, which, which I think consisted of like steak and veg, but I, I cut out anything that was processed in sugar, any, any snacky type of food like biscuits. And I was living on water. That was the only intake of fluid apart from one supplement that I did did take um for energy um but yeah water was a huge thing in terms of cutting for the actual competition though i believe i did a small water uh, manipulation and and dropped my water the day before the competition to just just to dry out a little bit hey um tam can you just tell um our lovely listeners a little bit about that water manipulation uh, and how how it works for you 
Yep. Um, it's basically within the week leading up to the competition, which everyone calls peak week, we increase our water intake from two to five or 2.5 liters a day. Um, so for a few days leading into that week, you'll increase by a, about a liter a day. So we're, we're talking, you know, up to five to six liters of water in a day, which is a lot. So I do spend a lot of time on the toilet, <laughs> which can be a bit, of a, a bit of a pain, but <laughs> you know, you just manage. Um, and then the last couple of days leading to the actual competition days when you start to pull back and cut down that water intake. So you, you're kind of tricking your body to then release excess water, you know, during those last couple of days to the competition so that you do lean up a little bit more or, or dry out a little bit more and you look tighter on Ooh, stage. Oh, wow. Trade secrets. Whoop, whoop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, Tam, I just want to, and I know we kind of talk about this a little bit later or we're going to without you kind of knowing about it. But um, I, I wanted to know about cravings. Did you did you get any cravings during the times, uh, maybe, maybe when you started cutting foods out or even in the weeks leading up? Uh, you just mentioned energy before. I wondered whether... Um, yeah, your cravings sort of increased over those few weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, cravings for me, and I felt mine were very sugar-orientated, um, probably a lack in, in glucose, but I craved a whole lot of chocolate. Yeah, I, I still do every now and then, but not as bad now because I believe my nutrients are on on point. But, um, yeah, chocolate was, was a killer. Yeah. Um, I had two young boys, you know, leading up to my first competition. So I didn't want to deprive them of any sweet things. <laughs> yes. So, you know, giving them things like that and me not being able to have them was a bit of a killer. Yeah, absolutely. Gee, I can, I can, I get that. I, I think I'd really struggle with something like that too. All right. So <laughs> uh, what about the next competition? I'm interested to see how uh, Tammy White progresses. The second comp was a year later struggled after the first competition because I didn't place in the top three. So um, I felt obviously to me that I was not good enough. So I really struggled with mental health and such after. However, I, I think about four months after that, I decided, no, no, you, you need to be able to get past this and, and perhaps have another go. Um, so I set myself the goal to do the same competition, but in 2014, however, what I didn't do was increase my knowledge. Um, so I, I believe I actually went backwards because I still had no idea what I was doing. So was the exercise or the diet similar to the lead up to comp number two or did they change slightly? Well, I basically kept them the same. So at that point in time, I was still teaching, I think it was, a, you know, 12 to 14 group fitness classes a week, which included the likes of pump and combat and, and spin. So in my head, that was enough physical activity uh, to warrant keeping the same body shape. Um, and then I just, you know, reverted back to the same sort of diet that I had done previously for the first time because I still had a lack of, of knowledge and experience. Yes, and I'm assuming that you gained a little bit more uh, knowledge and experience between sort of then and now. So how many comps have you competed in so far? 
Yes, definitely have. Um, it's been a journey. But so far, I have been involved in 14 competitions. So um, I've been part of many federations and a few different categories because I have been a little bit lost in knowing what category I fit into. Um, but I've also been privileged enough to travel as far as Orlando in Florida to compete in the WFF, World Fitness Federation, universe um, as part of Team Australia. Oh, wow, Tam, that is so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really great. Now, I just want to sort of mention here for our listeners, perhaps who don't know a lot about the sports and fitness modeling, what kind of, when you talk about categories and that you've entered into a few different categories, uh, what what do you mean by that? What kind of categories are we talking about here? Well, when it comes to the female bodybuilding competitor, there are many different categories across a few different federations that you can enter into. Basically, each category is made up of different criteria of how your body should look in terms of which category. So um, I, I can't name all of them, but off the top of my head, there's a bikini category, which is generally the base entry level category for, for a female to enter. Um, then you might have the fitness and the sports model category, which means that you should look a little bit more ripped within your muscular system of your body. Um, then there's a figure category that is, you know, a step above the fitness and a bodybuilder category. But there was also an aerobic category, which sparked my interest because I have always been quite physically active. And that one involved not just how your physique or your body looked, but also um, doing a routine. So like a a quite energetic um, routine that you execute on stage, which I have a dancing background. So that really uh, stuck out to me. Perfect. Gee, that's a great insight. Now, if you could pick three highlights from your professional career so far, what do you reckon they'd be? Oh, okay. So the first and only first place that I've ever won, I won in Tasmania um, and I won the aerobic section and won $500. That's definitely one of the highlights because it's the only first place I've ever got in the, in the 14 competitions that I've been involved in. So that was fabulous. Great. The next one would be when I gained my pro card, so the professional status, with the World Fitness Federation. Oh, tab, tab. How, how do you um how do you gain a pro card? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So this is like your professional card, right? It's a little bit interesting. It's an interesting story. Um, I I did the the aerobic section again. Um, in terms of, of bodybuilding, there are there are pros and there are non pros. Um, so the pro card, it, it's not all that I thought it would be. However, it just means that I, from that time on, would then compete up against all the other athletes who had received pro cards. Right, because you'd won a section. Yeah, so essentially it it means that you're um, a step above above the other guys who haven't yet got their pro card. Yeah, Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that you get any extra money or anything like that, but it's, it's pretty cool to be, you know, be classed as a pro. Um, it's still an achievement that I'm I'm proud of. It's a great um, achievement. Meant, yeah, and, and, and it also meant that I qualified as part of Team Australia to go to Orlando. So it, it is a big highlight. 
Um, the third one, in 2019, so last year, after being coached by one of the best in Australia, um, Keegan Thornhill, I walked onto the WBFF stage. Now, WBFF is the World Beauty, Fitness and Fashion Federation. Uh, so yeah, just, just being part of that and walking on the stage last year in the best condition that I've ever been in was a, a huge highlight for me. Oh, that's great. Now we, we often, I love it because the highlights are always amazing, but I think it's also really interesting to give our listeners an insight into perhaps some low lights or the things that happen, you know, behind the scenes, because it's not all glamorous, is it? I know it looks on stage and you look incredible. So if you could pick three low lights, what would they be? Yeah, well, there's definitely a quite a lot of low lights, but um, three for me. I lost a lot of friends. Um, I, I really needed to limit my social outings and get-togethers so I wouldn't be tempted to eat off my plan. This also applies to big events such as music festivals, weddings, birthday parties, etc. I have had to take my own meals to a lot of these things. This has possibly then contributed to social anxiety that I now experience frequently right hey Um, Tam can I uh, can I interject and just chuck a memory in that I have of you so I remember once and this is how committed you were slash are is I remember when we went to big day out um and we were all having a wonderful time and you come in with your backpack and your meal prepped meals and you were eating your like veggies and rice and chicken and just drinking water for the entire big day out. And you couldn't eat or drink anything else. Do you know, like, do, do you remember this? Oh my Lord, yes, I remember. But on that note, I also remember how much I loved it there. I absolutely, I had a ball. So during that moment in time, obviously it was a real struggle for me. But when I look back, all I remember is the fun. Nice. So, you know, there's, there's a positive there. Because at the time, yeah, it was hard. But looking back, you know, I just remember all the fun. So I love it. So you yes, do take those positives, hard. take the positives out of uh, out of perhaps a situation that isn't yeah isn't great. So that I love that. That's great. Okay, cool. What's your next low light? Definitely cravings. As we spoke about earlier, they are a big downfall for me. I can control them when I have a clear goal set in my mind that I'm working towards, though. If I don't have a goal, then I tend to fall off the bandwagon quite a bit. So, you know, having those goals are what keep me accountable for myself. Absolutely. I feel like that would, yeah, cravings would be a really um, tough one to tame, let's say. Um, <laughs> I can definitely understand yep. that. Okay, cool. What about number three? Uh, probably being time poor. My training takes up a couple of hours per day, so the only way to fit it all in was to be waking up earlier. Most of the time when I'm in prep, my alarm is set for 5 or 5.30 a.m. to make sure I can fit everything in. I have to admit, though, I feel I'm a lot more productive during these periods. You know, you just get it done because it's such a big goal. I've definitely managed to improve my self-discipline, that's for sure. I love it. Now... Tam, a lot of people only see the finished product. So you on stage looking amazing and shredded in peak physical condition. But what people don't see is all the hard work that goes on in the background. 
So I'm just going to ask about 75 questions here and I'll get you to answer them. But how many times a week would you be training in the gym and how many hours? Can you tell us a little bit about meal prep and what sort of your life looks like uh, during these phases? Yep, sure. I'm generally training six days per week, two times a day. So I do cardio early in the mornings and then do my weights in the afternoon or the evening, probably up to two hours per day. Meal prep also takes time. I generally try to prep a couple of days in advance. I'm lucky as my husband is also living the same lifestyle at the moment, so he is helping out with the prep more so than myself. When in full prep, I generally consume six moderate-sized meals per day and sit on around 2,600 calories. Everything is weighed out and measured, so I know exactly what is being consumed. I eat the same food every day, but have one refeed or cheat meal per week, unless it is time to cut the calories coming into a comp. Then it gets a little tighter and calories are dropped each week. Tam, this has been such a lovely insight into uh, not only your life, as I said at the beginning, but also sort of backstage or behind the scenes of this sort of sports and fitness modeling. So thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been really awesome. It's been so lovely to chat. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks for joining me today and learning all the things you need to know about nutrition and your body. If you want to learn more about today's topic or have a question you'd like answered, please jump onto my website, thetravellingnutritionistaustralia.com and find the podcast tab. All the references are also available should you wish to dive a little deeper. Remember, it's not the things that you eat and do occasionally that matter. It's the things that you eat and do every day that really count. Until next time, always choose the good stuff because you and your health are worth it.